0: Welcome to 5 Things About, I'm Sylvie Van Waal. When is a person a person? The answer may seem obvious, but did you know that a river can also be classified as a person? And that in doing so, it has the ability to be sued? Today our guest is Dr Erin O'Donnell, a water law and policy specialist. Erin's research focuses on the challenge of sustainable water resource management with an emphasis on transferable water rights and water markets. She talks to us now about defining a river's legal status.
1: Hello, my name is Erin O'Donnell, and I'm a senior fellow at the Melbourne Law School. Today, the question I'm asking is, can you sue a river? Firstly, why would you even want to sue a river? Well, in Australia, floods are the most expensive type of natural disaster, and they cost us, on average... $377 $377 million every year. In 2010 11, the widespread flooding in southeast Queensland caused over $2.5 billion in property damages and 35 people lost their lives. So, wouldn't it be handy if we could sue the rivers for the damage they do to us? But how could this even be possible? Well, in 2017, three countries recognised some of their rivers as legal persons, and this happened in New Zealand, India and Colombia. These rivers became legal entities. Now, that's a tricky concept, but it's a bit similar to being a corporation, and what it means is that the rivers can enter and enforce contracts, they can hold property, and they can sue and be sued in a court of law. This is a fundamental transformation of rivers in the law, and it completely reshapes our relationship to these rivers. So let's have a quick look at what actually happened in these countries. In New Zealand, the government passed new legislation that declared the Whanganui River to be a legal person. This was part of a negotiated settlement with the local iwi, the Maori, to create new management arrangements that centre the Maori worldview in the way that the river is managed. And the Maori consider the Whanganui River to be an ancestor, so the legislation was a way of acknowledging the relationship the Maori have to the river. In Colombia, this relationship was also really important. The Atrato River was granted rights as a way of recognising the human rights of the local communities who live along the river. And giving the river rights was a way of protecting those communities. In India, which is the most controversial of the examples, a state high court ruled that the Ganges and Yamuna rivers are living, legal persons because they thought that the rivers needed this personhood to protect them against environmental degradation. But this raised a couple of really big questions. Firstly, what does it mean for the rivers to be living persons as well as legal persons? When we think about a living person, this is a human being. A legal person, as I said, is more like a corporation. So you can't really think about killing a corporation But because the rivers are living persons as well, an Indian citizen filed a police report which he considered to be too polluted to be alive. The second big question relates to the guardians that the court appointed to represent the river. If the river is a living person, are these guardians responsible for the actions of the river, and could they be sued for any damage the river causes? This situation was so uncertain that the state government appealed the decision to the Supreme Court of India. Now, that court has not ruled yet, but they have stayed the effect of the original ruling, which, in non-legal speak, means that the rivers are now stuck in limbo and may or may not be legally people in the future. So three countries around the world have given rivers legal rights and the ability to sue and be sued in a court of law. But it's worth remembering that none of these rivers received this status of a legal person because someone wanted to sue them. All of these examples happened because people wanted to find a better way to protect the rivers and to respect the many cultural values that they represent. But if future floods continue to cause damage and loss to human livelihoods, it is now possible to take these rivers to court. So, we could start holding the rivers accountable for the damage they do to us. However, it is equally possible for the rivers to sue us if our actions damage them. And all of these rivers are already heavily impacted by human activities, like diverting water for hydropower and pollution from towns and mining. So I think the moral of this story is to be careful about what you wish for. If you sue a river, it may well counter-sue, and the damages could be immense.
0: Thanks to Dr Erin O'Donnell. This podcast was produced by Buffy Gorilla and Dr Andy Horvath, with editing by Buffy Gorilla and Sylvie Van Waal. It was recorded in the Hallward Studio by Gavin Neighbour. Five Things About is created by Dr Andy Horvath and is a production of the University of Melbourne, Australia. This episode was recorded on the 17th of December 2017. I'm Sylvie Van Wall. Thanks for listening.